We will praise your name, O God, and we thank you, O God. God, bless the minister over this on this word on tonight, God. Give a fresh anointing, O God, to break the bread of life on tonight, God. So we ask you, O God, also to cover our pastor, O God, where he's at, O God. We pray for healing over his body, God. We thank you and we glorify you. Have your way on tonight, O God. 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 Our hearts are open, O God. Our minds are open, O oh God, and ready to receive a word from you on tonight, O oh God. So let your power fall, O oh God. Let your anointing flow on tonight, O oh God. And we thank you and we glorify you for being the great and mighty God that you are. You're worthy, O oh God, of the glory. You're worthy of the honor and you're worthy of the praise. And nothing compares to you, O oh God. Nothing comes even close to you, O oh God. And we glorify you, O oh God. For it's in your matchless son, Jesus' name, that we pray. And all who love the Lord say amen and amen. Come on. You may be seated right where you're at. Hallelujah. He's worthy of the glory and the honor and the praise. I just want to give you a few announcements before we get into the word on tonight. And also I'll reiterate, um, keep our pastor lifted in prayer. Uh, you know, he's feeling a little sick, so y'all keep him lifted. Um, anybody praying for our pastor? Got to pray for our pastor and pray God's strength over his, um, over his body, over his mind. Um, to continue in carrying the mantle that uh, God has given him. Uh, also, um, just want to let you know that we are still in search of our church administrator. Uh, so go on to www.tfcj.org slash join our team. Uh, also, don't forget, we do have our Christmas service uh, next Sunday. And uh, we do have our New Year's Eve service as well. That's going to be on Tuesday. And it's going to begin at 8 o'clock instead of the usual 10. So definitely come on out. And... Uh, and this week, as you know, this month, pastor is taking a break. So the ministers, we're going to uh, carry the mantle and uh, do our assignment and to minister the word of God. Uh, so tonight we got a special treat in store for you. We got our very own who's going to break the bread of life on tonight. So freedom, I need you to help us celebrate our very own minister as Minister Teresa comes and break the bread of life for us. Come on, freedom. Tea! 
Jesus to walk with you, to hold your hand. Because whatever you're going through, know that he's always with you, always walking with you, never leave you nor forsake you. Father God, we come to you on this evening, Lord God, saying thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. Thank you, Father God, for your mercy. Thank you, Father God, for your grace. Thank you, Father God, for your deliverance. Thank you, Father God, for your healing. Thank you, Father God, for keeping us in our right minds, Father God. Walk with us, Lord God. Walk with us, Lord God. Walk with us, Lord God. Don't let your spirit pass us by, Father God. Let your spirit sit on us and rest on us, Father God. And so, God, we just give you the glory, God, on tonight. Lord God, as we come to partake in your word together, Lord God, pray that your word fall on good ground, Father God. And Lord God, decrease me as your spirit increase in me, Lord God, that I rightly divide the word of truth, Father God. Have your way with me. Have your way with your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You excited to be in the house of the Lord on tonight? I am thoroughly excited to be in the house of the Lord on tonight, giving honor to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and certainly the under-shepherd of this house, our pastor in his absence, and thank you to the ministers, and thank you all for being out on tonight to hear the word of God. We kind of not robbery to come out and to partake and to show God that, hey, God, I love you. I love you. I've given the job hours and hours of time. Now I'm going to give you some time. Hallelujah. So we're going to continue, as Minister Winchell uh, stated, that we're continuing our series, The Birth of Christ. And on last week, Minister covered the prophecy of Jesus Christ. In Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verse 6, the scripture identified the Son of God with several names. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, right? The Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And today, we are going to continue in our series around the birth of Christ, Jesus, the Son of God, born of a virgin. And our scripture focus will be coming out of the book of Isaiah chapter 7, which we're going to talk about the prophetic announcement of the virgin birth. But before I go ahead and go forward in chapter 7, um, I want to offer some historical context around tonight's study. So I'm going to summarize for us some turn of events that occurred leading up to the prophetic message that was later prophesied by the prophet Isaiah over in chapter 7. So if you would turn with me to uh, 2 Kings, it's in the Old Testament. Let's go ahead and jump right on into this tonight. 2 Kings chapter 16. Now I will be reading um, this. I'm going to be summarizing it, but I'm not going to be reading directly as it stated, but just summarizing what went on. So you can certainly read for yourself and you can see what I'm stating here. So in 2 Kings chapter 16, uh, there was this king named Ahaz. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king of Judah, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. This young ruler did not do anything right in the sight of the Lord as David, his forefather, had done. On the contrary, King Ahaz walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and followed suit after their detestable practices. He made molten images of vows and his worship involved cult prostitution and child sacrifice. King Ahaz given over to idolatry and occult practices that he destroyed his own sons in fire as a sacrifice to heathen gods. After the abomination of the heathen whom the Lord had cast out 
before the children of Israel. Bottom line, King Ahaz gave himself up to a life of wickedness and idolatry. Now, these detestable practices of idolatry provoked the Lord to anger, as we learn in 2 Kings, as so much that God allowed alliances to form between Pekah, king of Israel, and Rezin, king of Syria, and waged war against Jerusalem with hostile forces and besieged Ahaz, but they could not overpower him. At this time, King Rezin joined forces with Ephraim, Ahaz, and his people, the children of Israel, who also walked in, in all the sins of their ruler under his leadership, were badly shaken about this threat that they're facing. And with overwhelming fear, uh, Ahaz sent messengers to, king of, to the king of Assyria, whom he entrusted in, and entered into an ungodly alliance with the king of Assyria to come up and deliver them from the hands of the two kings. Now, by the time these events unfold, by the time the events of Isaiah chapter 7, excuse me, unfolds, the nation of Judah had faced terrible calamity. So now if you just go ahead and turn over to chapter 7 in the book of Isaiah, we begin reading at verse 1, and I will be reading from the uh, NIV version. When you have it, say amen. So that's a little background of who this king Ahaz, 20-year-old, reigned for 16 years. So Isaiah chapter 7, beginning at verse 1. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah, King Rezan of Aram and Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem, but they could not overpower it. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Now the house of David was told, Aram has allied against with Ephraim. So the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken, as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Verse 3, Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out, you and your son, Shira Jashub to meet Ahaz at the end of the Adapa, the upper pool, on the road to the launderer's field. Say to him, be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Keep calm, and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood, because of the fierce anger of Rezan and Aram and of the son of Remaliah. Aram, Ephraim, and Remaliah's son have plotted your ruin, saying, let us invade Judah. Let us tear it apart and divide it among ourselves and make the son of Tabel king over it. Verse 7, yet this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen. Say it will not take place. It will not happen. Let us skip down to verse 10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign whether in the deepest depths or in the highest height. But Ahaz said, I will not. I will not put the Lord to test. Basically, you know, he's saying, Isaiah is saying that he's now, um, he's now going to try the patience of the Lord. But he said, I'm not going to put the Lord to test. He's now trying the patience of the Lord. Verse 13, then Isaiah said, hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Verse 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which translates to God with us or God among us. Verse 15, he will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. 
and last, verse 16, for before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. So he's letting him know. He's letting him know. Do not fear. I need you to take calm. I need you to be quiet. So the church, we have a king, this wicked king of Judah who worshiped out of God's uh, he's superstitious and hypocritical ruler, yet God still offered him his hand of mercy, and yet he rejected it. Now, the irony is that while Ahaz thinks he is putting God to the test, it is actually Ahaz himself who is being tested. Okay? So the question I raise tonight is, what will it take for you to trust God at his word? What will it take for you to trust God at his word, okay? My first, I have three points for you tonight. So my first point is, God is sovereign and has ultimate control. God is sovereign and he has ultimate control. Now from the passage of scriptures, I think it would be safe to presume that if the king of Judah and the people of Judah had put their trust in the Lord, they would have had the peace of God in this conflict. Isaiah had instructed Ahaz words from God to take heed, be quiet, and to not be afraid, to be careful and cautious, and to put his trust in the Lord. And he didn't heed to this command, and he took matters in his own hands, like some of us do, right? We're, we're a bit quite like Ahaz, right? We don't sit still long enough to center our minds on God and listen and quiet our spirits so that we can hear from the Lord. We don't know when to shut our mouths and stop talking and complaining about the problem. You know, we have our eyes so focused on the problem that we take our eyes off the problem sovereign. That's Jesus. You know, trust, trust me. Trust me now. I understand that when the unexpected happens, it can feel very overwhelming, especially if it's your first time um, ever finding yourself confronted with a certain situation or problem. You didn't expect it. You didn't see it coming. You say to yourself, why is this happening to me? Why am I in this position? If you're like me, you probably thought to yourself and said, okay, Lord, now things have been going pretty well up to now, 2019, and now the last month in 2019, this happened? Where did this come from? So like King Ahaz, we panic, we get overwhelmed by the situation or circumstance and let it vex our spirit. And guess what? The enemy sees you worrying too. He sees you fretting. And that's how the spirit of defeat, discouragement, and doubt so slowly creeps in. Like King Ahaz, we start to devise a plan without praying about it. Yes, we do. If you be honest with yourselves, you don't always pray and consult with God in all things right off. Instead, we seek the counsel of other people and their opinions. We lean on our own understanding and not acknowledge God for our direction. We rely on our own wisdom and do not seek the counsel of God and his infinite wisdom. We even go as far as being so discombobulated in the head that we take our problems and discuss it with people who aren't even in Christ for their thoughts and opinions. All the while, we are just beating ourselves up mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Now, Psalms 37, 12 through 13 says, the wicked plot against the righteous and gnash at their teeth, teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. You see, for some of us, it's challenging to see his provision and care, even when it is different than we expect. The risk God calls us to take 
will be calculated, not reckless. It will be based upon faith, not fear. And it will be rooted in our identity, whom God created us to be. Even if the outcome is different than you anticipated, God sees your end from the beginning. Isaiah 45 and 10, excuse me. Okay. 46 and 10, excuse me. I make known the end from the beginning from ancient times. What is still to come, I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Ecclesiastes 7 and 8. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning. And he who has suffered in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. So even while we are allowed free will, what we must continually remember is that since God is in total control, nothing just comes about, but is ordained and orchestrated by an omnipotent, omniscient, sovereign God, God's supernatural provision. Remember my point one, God is sovereign and has ultimate control, okay? And I'm reminded over in Isaiah 55 and 9, it declares that as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And your life story has already been predestined and written by God. God is sovereign and is in control of history, his story. Got it? His story. So it was not by King Ahaz's own might, strength, or the help of the Assyrians that the kingdom of Judah was not overtaken. Clearly it is because God did not allow them to conquer it something that was totally undeserved by the wicked king Ahaz. It is evident that God was with Ahaz, Ahaz and the people of Ahaz. God would not allow anyone to cause his promise to be broken. He can't. Because he had made an internal, unconditional covenant with David in which he promised to give his servant an eternal seed, throne, and kingdom. Amen? Point two. God's plan will prevail. So we know God is sovereign, ultimate control, that's protection. Now we know God's plan will prevail. His word is true. We serve a God who sees all and knows all. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. So even though these two kings had devised their plans and plotted to dispose Ahaz, conspired to defeat the capital of Judah and set up their own king, God was not concerned about their plans. What these kings didn't realize was that the battle was not Ahaz, but the Lord's. You see, God had already decreed that their attack would not succeed. And although Isaiah told Ahaz what the Lord said, that their plans would not stand or come to pass, he still what failed to believe and trust God at his word. So Isaiah had to approach Ahaz again, as we see in uh, Isaiah. God attempts to reach Ahaz through his prophet and said to ask of the Lord for a sign. Now this was a significant moment because by asking Ahaz to ask God for a sign, this would challenge him to either receive by faith God's prophetic promise or reject by unbelief. Because if he had asked when God and when God fulfilled the sign, he would then be obligated to believe. But Ahaz refused to ask for a sign. He rejected God's prophetic promise, saying, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. What Ahaz failed to realize is, what, is that God was extending him mercy in spite of his iniquity. 
just like us today, whether we believe God's word over our lives or not, his plan in our lives will prevail. God will pardon our iniquities and look past our transgressions and extend his hand of mercy towards us because he has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, God says. It shall not return void unto me, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in a thing whereto I sent it. So I don't know about you, but I'm glad God's plan is written for my life. How about you? I'm glad, I'm glad about that. I'm glad that he knows the plan he has for me, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper me and not to harm me. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, you may set out to initiate your own plans, and at first it may seem to be working out, but then over time it doesn't work out like you expected. How many of you have experienced times when you have planned to do something and your plans get interrupted? You do know, you do know that God will interrupt your plans, especially, especially if it doesn't line up with the plans he has for your life, right? By a show of hands, how many of you are happy that God has interrupted some of your plans? I am. I am. I am. Truth be told, we could have gotten ourselves in some mess hard to get out of. Hard to get out. And I thank God for putting a stop to some of my plans because he had allowed what I thought I wanted to go forth. Because had he allowed, excuse me, what I thought I wanted to go forth, I might not be in the position I am in today. So, church, I solicit you to ask God to show you his plan for your life. God wants us to trust in his provision for our needs. And sometimes that provision requires us to step out in faith and use what resources he has given us. It may not seem like a lot to us, but God can multiply the efforts when we trust his plan. Remember, God planned for your life. You know, why, what will it take for you to trust God? God's plan will prevail. God is sovereign and he is in control. So if you are facing what seems like an impossible situation, pray about it and leave it in the capable hands of God and know that his plans for you are good. They're right. They're safe. Matthew 7, 7 and 8 reminds us to ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Because of Ahaz's unbelief and refusal to ask for a sign, he tried the patience of God. Therefore, the Lord himself said, okay, all right, now I need to give you a sign. As we read over in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and he shall, and she will call his name Emmanuel. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you tread will be forsaken by both her kings. Which leads me to my third point, and that is, God delivers on His promise because He's a covenant keeper. Now, the virgin birth was indeed a sign to the house of David that God would carry out his promise. 
a baby will be born of a virgin, and his name will be God with us, Emmanuel. God of the universe entered the world through a virgin's womb to become like us and to become one with us. God will give Ahaz a sign that within a few years, both Israel and Syria would be crushed. Now, the question I have is, how many signs does God have to show you to believe in him? How many signs to trust him? How many times does he have to send his word through his messengers to you and you not believe? Do I have any persuaded people that know God to be a protector, to know God to be a promise keeper, to know God to be a healer, to know God to be a deliverer, to know God that he has all things under his control. You know, I am persuaded. Many of us have witnessed God's miraculous signs in our lives and can testify that his word can be trusted. Maybe this is your testimony. Maybe you were stricken with a chronic disease and God healed you. That was your sign. And you now trust God and his word to be a healer. Isaiah 53 and 5, for he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Or perhaps, or perhaps Jesus came to your aid right when you needed him. That was your sign. Because he was a present help in the time of trouble. He promised you that no weapon that was formed against you shall prosper and every evil tongue that shall rise against you in judgment will be condemned. Or perhaps this is your testimony, that when you felt like throwing in the towel, giving up, felt like all hope was gone, he promised you that if you just wait upon him, he will renew your strength. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. You got your strength back. You got your hope back, right? That was your sign. Remember, we're talking about signs. What signs will it take for you to trust God at his word? You see, Satan's attempt to destroy the divinic line would not and could not prevail. It was by God's design. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, would come from the genealogy of David. God, in his faithfulness, fulfilled his covenant promise to David through Jesus Christ, whose reign and kingdom will have no end. You see, if Ahaz had been overthrown, it would have made it impossible for God's promise of a savior to come through the line of David. So I want to remind you, just as Satan tried to bring all manners of attack against you, he will not win. You got to know who you are, whom you are. We have a sovereign God that fights for us. God promises to raise a standard against the enemy when he comes against you. The enemy plans will not succeed. You got to know to speak the word of God when the enemy tries to come at you. You got to speak and declare and decree the word of God over your life because there's power, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. So you got to speak life over yourself. You got to speak to that situation. Speak to that mountain. Don't fear it because God hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. 
Satan cannot take you out of God's hand. You are his child. You're the child of the righteous. You're the child of the most high God. You're loved by God. You're adored by God. So boast in God. Boast in God. Boast in the Lord, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Jesus, God, we bless you. Jesus, the Messiah. We're talking about the prophetic birth. Jesus, the Messiah, was born of a virgin with you and I in mind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So in him, there is no defeat. You know, Ahaz looked at this big threat, these enemies, these kings plotting against him to dispose of him, to take him out, to overthrow his, the kingdom of Judah, you know, to step in and just take over with his wicked practices. Of course, he didn't believe in God. He rejected God. You know, he didn't trust God. He had no hope. But God knew it would be that way. He knew it would be that way because God's promise had to be fulfilled. You know, God's plan had to be fulfilled. So God understood what all was at play. It was no surprise to him. So just like things, like I stated earlier, a no surprise to God when you're faced with some things, just say, hey, this ain't no surprise to God. And if God has me faced with this, he knows that I can bear it because he won't put no more on me than I can bear. He knows that I can go through this. Now, somebody else may not be able to go through this, but he knows you can go through this. If he brought you to it, you're in that situation, he knows that you can go through it. He trusts you just that much because he knows that you're going to lean and depend on him, that you're going to lean and depend on his word, that you're going to trust in his word, that you're going to think back and remember the signs when, you, when he brought you out this time, when he brought you out that time. You're going to think back on those signs and look to him and say, God, I praise you. God, I thank you because you are in control. You know the plans for my life, God. So whatever the enemy tries to bring is not going to succeed, is not going to win. In him, there is hope. In Jesus, there is hope. In Jesus, there is victory. In Jesus, there is life and life more abundantly. And because he lives, like the songwriter says, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Hallelujah, Jesus. So Jesus, I bless your name. Jesus, Emmanuel. Jesus, wonderful counselor. Jesus, the everlasting God. Jesus, the prince of peace. Jesus, Jehovah. Jesus, Rapha. Jesus, Shalom. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, we worship you. Emmanuel, thank you for seeing us through. Emmanuel, thank you for bringing us through. Emmanuel, thank you, Lord God, for keeping us while we go through. Emmanuel, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. <coughs> to God be the glory for the things he has done. Oh, hallelujah. I bless your name, God, for God is great and he is worthy to be praised. I hope I didn't move too fast through this, but I bless God on tonight. That's all God gave me, church. That's all he gave me. I'm not going to add to it. I'm not going to take away. I'm not going to prolong the time or the hour. That's all he gave to me, okay? So um, I just pray that, that you recall the points that I made, and that's protection. You know, God is in control. We have a sovereign God that looks 
over us and sits high and looks low and cares about us. And point number two, God's plan will prevail. Will prevail. So remember, whenever you're faced with something, whenever you're going through, okay, God, for you say you, for you have the plans for me, and they're good and not of evil. You got this all worked out. You already got this all figured out. The battle is yours. It's not mine. Victory has already been won. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And so, God, I know you to be a promise keeper. You're not going to go against your word. If you said it, that settles it. So I'm going to stand on your word, God. I'm going to trust in your word, God. I'm going to hope in your word, God. My hope is built on nothing less. Jesus' blood and his righteousness. To God be the glory, church, for the things that the Lord has done. Come on, we can do better than that. Come on.